And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Excuse me? Can I have all your money? Sure. Can I get anything else for you today? Just the milk. There you are. Welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Monday, November 15th. I'm J.E. Skeets, and alongside me, as always, there he is, Tass Mellis. What's up, everybody? What's up, Tassie? We got our Top Shot Hot Boy, Trey Kirby. hey yo. hey yo. hey The international yo. man of mystery, taking it to the max, maybe on a <laughs> massive delay right now, Lee Ellis. Friends. Hey, Lee, could you hurry up and travel somewhere in the world so we can get better Wi-Fi connection with you? Would that be possible? Uh, last. I don't think it's me. I don't think it's me. You're all lagging for me. Oh, boy. Oh, it's definitely you, man. It's definitely you. Um, and last, not least, making the magic happen. You already heard his voice there. I'm sure he's already frustrated. It's JD. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Oh, it's not me, it's you, Carter. Yeah, Early I'm, I'm on pretty a sure it's morning. you. I'm talking instantly with the other guys, and it took you 10 seconds to say AO after AO. I, I think we figured it out who's lagging here lately. Uh, it's all good. We'll, we'll, we'll struggle through it, and hopefully one day we'll all be back together in the same room smelling each other's farts. Uh, shout out to the stream team. <laughs> Joining us live on YouTube as he, as he giggles five seconds later. Uh, make sure you subscribe. Like, comment, share the show. If you missed a little bonus podcast that we dropped on Friday afternoon, Friday night, go back and seek out the one-on-one podcast with Michelle Beadle, our new colleague here at The Athletic. Uh, Tassley and JD talking to her, a little fun little interview, talking about her show and working for the Spurs and a whole lot more. So that went up on Friday. That's a one-on-one podcast there with Michelle Beadle. Great work on that, guys. And, ooh, merch alert. We got new shirts, guys. Yeah, two new designs for you in the No Dunk store. Go to nodunks.com or breakingtea.com slash nodunks if you want to go that way. We got ourselves a Pacers shirt for all you Pacers fans that always turn into <laughs> No Dunks. Uh, so that's a lot of fun. And uh, I really like this one, this No Dunks Classic Factory, which is also available. Uh, and, and both of these available in hoodie form and t-shirt form. So... Take your pick there. What do you, what do you think, Trey? You're, you're happy with these? The Pacers, uh, no dunks mashup, and then now the Classic Factory. Yeah, Pacers fans, you can never say we never say nothing about your team. Never say never, as I say. But uh, yeah, the Pacers shirt, a banger. And you gotta love the 1990-inspired Skybox shirt, the Classic Factory. Uh, that's personally my favorite set of cards, uh, this specific uh, Skybox set. So... Breaking Tea hooked us up, threw it on a Classic Factory shirt, instant classic. Go get them now, nodunks.com. Yeah, you know, holidays right around the corner. 
Might need a t-shirt, might need a hoodie, might need a mug, might need some shorts. Go to noducks.com to get all of your uh, your no dunks gear. Lee, you okay? You still with me? You there? <laughs> Sounding great, guys. Yeah, keep it up. <laughs> <laughs> keep it I mean, up. JD, should he log off and log back on? I don't know at this point. Uh, I feel like that was a bit. I, he was doing yeah. a little bit of a bit mm. there. All right, good. Well played. Mm. Well played. Well, I don't know how much of the delay was a bit. Yeah. yeah. Hey, listen, uh, I've been around Skeets and JD long enough to know that once you annoy them once, you may as well just annoy them as much as you can because you right. can't reel that one back in. <laughs> That's good. I just want you here, Lee. I want to hear your takes on the NBA weekend. Uh, and before we get to the winners and losers, which we always do on a Monday, we did learn over the weekend that 76ers uh, top assistant Coach Dave Yeager is leaving the team for several weeks to undergo chemotherapy and radiation treatments for a form of head and neck cancer. And part of Yeager's decision to make his cancer diagnosis here public is, you know, the chance to encourage people to pursue early detection, including regular examinations and alerting doctors immediately like he did when something seemed wrong with his body. So we're obviously sending Yeager our best wishes, speedy recovery, and uh, some good advice there, TK. You know, the, the, the early detection Go get your exams, and if something feels wrong, go see a doctor about it. That's exactly right. We have doctors for a reason. They're there to figure out if anything's wrong with you and treat it. If that's the case, our best goes out to Dave Yeager and all the 76ers family out there. That's right. Hurry back, uh, Coach Yeager. All right. NBA weekend winners. TK, you're going to get us started here. Where are you going? Hornets came into Friday having lost five of their last six games. Sure, the sixth one was the win, but still, five out of their last six. Sounds bad, but they went out and won two wild ones. Maybe the most exciting games of the weekend. On Friday night, they bing-bonged the Knicks. Got down big early while Kemba Walker got going in the first quarter. Had one of his best quarters, at least, of the season, playing there in Charlotte. Uh, again, after many years there, but the Hornets adjusted the defense. They made Kemba see a whole bunch more bodies, used a huge second half to pull off the win. Miles Bridges was massive down the stretch against the Knicks. He had 24 points, four rebounds, and four assists on the night. Scored seven in the last four and a half minutes, including a six spin move on Julius Randle. This thing was a gorgeous one. Also had a big and one off a take from the top of the key. That was pretty much the dagger. Fun game with some awesome moments. The Hornets were wearing their gradient uniforms on the gradient court. Looks sensational, like 10 times better than the Heat did last year. These things are bangers, though, I will say. The stripes, probably not necessary on the jerseys. Uh, Also great, Obi Toppin had a windmill in this game in the fourth quarter. Big time dunk. But then a minute later, Miles Bridges hit him back with his own windmill. That was fun to watch. Mm -hmm. And, of course, Michael Jordan was there in attendance, sitting courtside, also was up in the box. You know the his team will not lose to the Knicks if he is in town, but <laughs> had a hilarious moment reacting to a Kelly Oubre late three wide open with, like, 40 seconds left. I think uh, the Hornets were up seven at this point. No reason to take it, and MJ is just like, what are you doing of anybody? What are you doing out there, Kelly? I thought he would be happy to rub it in the Knicks' faces, but, you know, he's a traditional man, wants to play it smooth all along. On Sunday, Warriors came into town with a seven-game win streak. That's nice. This one was also lit. Another win for the Hornets. Andrew Wiggins went for 28 dunks all over the place, but the Hornets did a pretty solid job on Steph Curry. Held him to 24 points on 22 shots. He did have 10 assists because of the defense, but only 3 of 13 shooting from 3 for Curry. Another nice game from Miles Bridges. He led the team in scoring with 22. 
Another clutch basket with about 44 seconds left. Again, off the spin, hit the righty hook this time, but the hero, no doubt, was Terry Rozier. 20 points for Scary Terry. All of them came in the second half, but his most clutch play, winning a jump ball. Hornets up two with less than 20 seconds remaining. Uh, Rozier gets trapped around midcourt by Andre Iguodala and Draymond Green, and that's what I call a jump ball. So they go to the midcourt line, 6-6 Draymond, a generous listing, versus 6-1 Terry Rozier. Rozier skies to win it. A clean jump, a perfect throw, exquisite Duh. timing. Though Draymond does say that the ref was talking to him about throwing the ball up when he threw it up. Nonetheless, <laughs> Terry Rozier, he outjumped Draymond, even if maybe it's because Draymond wasn't paying attention. But he gets the ball back after it goes to McDaniels. Rozier goes to the line for two beauties! <laughs> <laughs> and a win for the Hornets. A huge weekend for them. Uh, two wins over good teams, and more importantly, they held two top five offenses to 96 points and 102 points. They yep. really struggled defensively this season, but if they can improve just a little bit, you know, be the 20th best defense instead of the 28th best defense, they've got enough talent otherwise to win some games against some of these solid teams. All I could think about watching that Rosier Draymond Green jump ball test was I think it was you that said, we need robots to chuck these up. We need a little Roomba to come out to center court and they put the ball on it somehow and it fires it perfectly straight in the air because this was not a great toss. <laughs> it really wasn't. I uh, threw in a white line there to uh, sort of represent, you know, down the middle and this referee just... It just wasn't a great perfectly toss uh, straight up in the air. It went a little to Terry Rozier's side. And you're right, Trey, you talked about Draymond maybe not even being ready. He went and got it, but yeah, get the robots on this task. I'm with you on it. I love this idea. Either drop it from the ceiling or have it come out of the ground or again, a little Roomba to fire this thing up. It wasn't a good, good throw there. That was a weird one, and it was weird watching Draymond Green just stand there and look at it until <laughs> Terry won it, essentially. But we got a great call. Terry won the tip! <laughs> Terry won the tip! It's like Bird stole the ball! Yeah. If only if this was a playoff game. I mean, that would be an iconic call. Yeah, and then two beauties, as Trey said. Just great <laughs> calls uh, from Eric Collins down the stretch in this game. Great to have just a game go down to the wire with Eric Collins. Yeah, it's great to watch the Hornets in those uniforms. Friday, going back to Friday, I thought, you know, that sounded like an iconic call with uh, Terry won the tip, but we got an iconic photo on Friday from Steph. You know, going back to yeah. Steph's game on Friday, I think one of the most iconic photos in NBA history. It's amazing. When, when, we, when we look back, you know, we'll see Jordan over Russell. We'll see AI stepping over Ty Lue. But this one was Steph Curry. I'm showing it to you on YouTube here where he's midway. The ball is, the ball is yeah, it's, it's on its way down through the hoop, and Steph's already looking to the card. He's got a point going, too. He's pointing into the crowd. Everybody on the floor, I love, is looking at the ball uh, as it's going through the hoop, other than Steph Curry. It's, and you see Golden State Warriors in that great font, their City Edition font there. And in the background on the baseline, just an incredible photo for Steph. God, that's glorious. You know what I really like about this is that it only shows Tyler Cook from the Bulls, so it looks like a just completely <laughs> default player. Game. Like, this could happen to anyone. This was yeah. completely set up. But, yeah, I mean, Curry in that third quarter against the Bulls, that was ridiculous. But I also liked on uh, in this game against the Hornets, Curry hits like a 37-footer, 
at the end of the third quarter, I think, and Eric Collins' call was just, oh, no! I know. <laughs> He's so good. That was like, finally, we have a replacement for uh, the Rudy Gay guy up there in uh, Toronto. Not this guy! That's what yeah, that yeah. was to me, just yelling, oh, no! Oh, no! That's what it we, felt uh, like, but they turned it on in the fourth. Good stuff. They need to get Eric Collins on a national broadcast. Not enough people know about Eric Collins, the Hornets play-by-play guy. It is so much fun to watch a game. Like that said, he makes every play sound like it's game seven of the NBA Finals. And it's not like you would think maybe it would get a little uh, tiring, but mm. it's it's the opposite. It gets you so fired up. And that game was great, too, because you obviously had a lot of Warriors fans in the building, especially for Steph Curry being a local boy. Uh, and it just made I love when we get an arena where there's like it feels 50 50 and every basket is uh you know there's a pop from the crowd and that's what that one felt like also Del Curry on the call Lee I mean it just must be surreal to me like he's calling like I wonder does he want Steph to win his son or does he want the team that employs him to win a team that he's obviously been linked to forever in the Hornets does he want them to win or he can't just lose I guess is what the answer is yeah look I think Steph having won multiple championships and MVPs he's probably pulling for the home team a little one in this case but uh, it was another great game and actually just going back to Friday night there with Eric (laughs) Collins well I just wanted to bring this up because he was actually full of energy for Kemba Walker Walker at the start and then Kemba Walker rattled off like I think 18 points in that first quarter and you could sort of just feel Eric Collins coming down a little bit because he's like oh man we're getting cooked by our, our former player here but yeah Friday night's game with the with the back-to-back uh, windmills from Toppen and then Bridges and Bridges staring over there and the Kelly Oubre stuff it was great because he was blowing kisses to the crowd he was feeling so good <laughs> if he knocks down that three it absolutely ends the game and I think Kelly just felt that was his time didn't end up costing the team in the end, which was lucky for him because he may have been cut from Michael Jordan. He was so unhappy with that. But then also last night, what led to this Terry Rozier uh, winning the tip, the Hornets throwing the ball into their backcourt almost cost them as well. I was furious watching that. I'm like, why? You've got the ball in the front court. Why throw it towards the other team's basket? That right. makes no sense. And it ultimately, you know, again, Rosier does get the tip and they get fouled, so it didn't cost them. But gee, if they'd lost that game from that, it would have just been uh, maddening to see. So... They didn't. They survive. In fact, Steph Curry in that last quarter sort of struggled a bit to get his shot going because it just felt the way the Hornets are playing. Uh, the, the, excuse me, the Warriors are playing right now that the Warriors are going to win that game, but they they weren't able to. Very very impressive weekend from the Hornets to get two good wins against good opponents. And uh, yeah, the, the, in terms of uh, watching the game, they are so much fun because of all those things you guys talk about: the uniforms, the commentary, the crowd getting the into players it. like the Lamello players. And Bridges, yeah. Oh yeah. And Bridges. Yeah. So. Yeah, really, really fun weekend in Charlotte. All right, Tass, let's keep it going. Who you got for a winner of the weekend? Well, the Lakers, they got Taylor Horton Tucker back. Now, if you're not a Lakers fan, maybe you know Taylor Horton Tucker as the guy they wouldn't give up for Kyle Lowry last season. Taylor Horton Tucker hasn't been in the league a long time. He's basically played one season in this league as a second-round pick in, in 2019. But this guy is really important to the Lakers because he does not lack confidence. He will shoot any time, and I think that's – what you need going forward with LeBron and Anthony Davis, it's not necessarily about making shots around them, which is obviously important, but it's almost that you have to be willing to take every single shot. And THT, oh, he is dynamite. Yeah, he is willing uh, to take it every single time. He's, and he was 7 of 14 in, the, in his first game of the season. He's been injured all year, had 17 points, and he's just ready to shoot. And, and I think that's, that's a extremely integral 
playing around Braun and AD, and I think you could easily see him you know, starting when it comes playoff time because he's one of their young guys. He is a bigger wing where they have a, a real big deficiency. And uh, like LeBron, he's got that little step back to the left. Like LeBron, he's got a touch of a receding hairline. Uh, but I, I think they, <laughs> they need him. They need him so, so bad. You know, they, they lost on Friday. It was an embarrassing loss. Yeah. Uh, but then they came back on Sunday afternoon, and they won again with a guy that came back who uh, really fills a big void. Kent Bazemore was a DNPCD because Taylor Horton Tucker's just got more offensive ability. And I, I, they believe in him, obviously signed him to a long-term deal. And I can understand why Rob Palenka, now looking back, even though it's Kyle Lowry, you know, why you would want a, a wing you know, versus Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry, you know, might just be a little bit redundant playing alongside Braun because he's got to handle the ball so much. While Taylor Horton Tucker can make shots on the wing, he's bigger. And so I can kind of see why they wouldn't give him up, even though it sounded a little crazy last year. You're not trading Taylor Horton Tucker for Kyle Lowry. They just needed somebody young uh, to stick around. They're so freaking old. And uh, they've got a guy who can hit all the shots uh, that he thinks he's got in his bag. And he's, again, all the confidence in the world. And they they truly believe in him. And it it makes a lot of sense that he would be almost their number one wing, you know, beside Braun and Anthony Davis. Instead of make it Wayne Ellington, I mean, they they just don't have a lot of guys out there. So, yeah, him coming back, very, very big on a team. Again, just sort of, you know, middling along, but... We real then we start to realize when he comes back and then obviously LeBron comes back that this team is going to be good and this guy mm-hmm. could be starting playoff games even though he's uh, you know a real young player in this league. Oh yeah, I think it says something that he was starting his first game this season. Like they throw him in there right away. Um, yeah, I don't see why he wouldn't continue to start. The other thing they did on against the Spurs is Anthony Davis started at the five and DeAndre Jordan. See you later. May not see him for the rest of the year. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm sure he'll get minutes here and there. Don't yeah. get me wrong. But uh, Big teams. You know, that's what they should do. AD was a monster against the Spurs. He put up a huge line, and that's what we we know they should do. Melo was actually the, the starting power forward. Go ahead, Trey. Yeah. 35 points for AD, seven, of a, seven dunks and three layups. They were yeah. posting him up all the time and just trying to get him touches near the hoop where he's basically unstoppable, especially against a Spurs team that maybe not the strongest inside. That, to me, is exactly how the Lakers are going to survive. LeBron being out is by making sure that you know and feel Davis interiorly on the inside, <laughs> <laughs> scoring buckets inside. But also, I think that THT helps in that regard, too, because he's a player that likes to play downhill. Not a great three-point shooter. I think he was one for five last night. But him going to the hoop opens up kickouts for Ellington and Monk, and then obviously lobs for Davis as well. And yeah. what is? And we'll the, probably uh, see Davis at the five against the Chicago Bulls I tonight. So. I assume, being without Vooch, uh, that's what they promised us. They promised us AD at the five, but yeah, then they get go, go get DJ and they get DW. No, DH. Dwight Howard, he's a DH. Uh, I thought he was a DW for Howard first. He is a yeah. DH these days. Though, yeah, you can't put him in the field. Nah, horrible, no. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, what is the status with LeBron James? What's what's the latest? Like, is he is he out guaranteed out tonight versus Chicago uh, yes, Bulls? I yes, I believe so. I believe he's still at least a week or so away. He's progressing, but uh, I remember when he did that ad- abdominal injury, and I think he said only a week. But then uh, one of the injury experts on Twitter was saying this is likely to be longer than just a week given the uh, nature of this history and LeBron's age as well so we'll see they won't rush him back it doesn't make any sense considering he's already had a couple of little knocks this year Lee who do you got for uh, NBA 
weekend winner. Well, if you haven't been paying attention, you may not have noticed that the Phoenix Suns uh, quietly strung together eight straight longest active streak in the league with the uh, Clippers losing last night there to the Bulls. Now, two comfortable road wins this weekend, only over the Grizzlies and the Rockets last night, but... When you look at how the season started for Phoenix, very slow. They looked a bit lethargic out of the blocks. Uh, Chris Paul didn't look very sharp, and Devin Booker was shooting pretty bad by his standards. They didn't extend DeAndre Ayton, which was a bad look for the organization. Um, and they're also right now dealing with a pretty in- big internal situation. But mm-hmm. they've been able to keep that stuff off the court, uh, which is good because Chris Paul and Devin Booker in the month of November have looked a whole lot better. Chris Paul looks like he's uh, rejuvenated. Devin Booker's... Percentages overall are a little bit down. His numbers are down. But if you look at from month to month, he's clearly been much better here in November. And of the eight-game winning streak, they've been without DeAndre Ayton for the last five here. Uh, Sounds like he's probably going to be back pretty soon. But I think they can actually afford to take their time here because not only are they winning games and they've got a winnable schedule, but JaVale and Funtime Frankie have actually given them really good production (laughs) in their middle there. So I I think if you're Monty Williams, you're like, listen, we can afford now to, to uh, really make sure Aiton is back and healthy 100% rather than sort of rush him back into the into the league, to, into the games because they need him to win. They don't need him right now. Um, and, you know, I just want to really give a little bit of love here to JaVale McGee because when you think about this guy, he was a joke for the first, you know, what, five, eight years of his career out of the league. Super talented guy, but, you know, just a bit of a goof. And now he's a three-time champ. And from what I've seen and, and seen, been on the road there with the Warriors when they won the championships, like he's actually a really strong locker room presence these days. You know, uh, he, he's a professional and he helps those, some of those younger guys deal with just being in the league. And for a guy, like I say, who was out of the league, he's only 33. He could hang around here for another, you know, four or five years just being a bench player, accepting that role. He's not a starting center in the NBA, but comes out and gives really good production at both ends of the floor. And I think he's been really important here for Phoenix uh, in this winning streak without Aiton. So, uh, you know, that's great if you can pick up those veterans. He's bounced around a bit. I mean, he was on the Cavs last season. I think he ended up on the Nuggets, in fact as well obviously with the Lakers before that but a sort of guy who like doesn't now take for granted being in the league and he's able to hang around so good on him and uh, and good on the Phoenix Suns for uh, being able to win considering as I said there's quite a bit of off-court strife going on yeah. with that organization but uh, on the court and again look it was the Rockets last night that game doesn't really count but you know they're, they're winning and uh, have the current longest active win streak at eight and second in the west yeah. Should it be illegal for Chris Paul to nutmeg a rookie? <laughs> it was beautiful, though, wasn't it? Like, oh, it was gorgeous. But, yeah, I mean, cool. yeah. as, the head of, <laughs> as the head of the Players Union, kind of disrespectful, I would That's say. That's what I'm saying. It's like that, I mean, poor Garuba. Like, geez. Like he, and he put him on an island. Like, he oh, said it all. Yeah, up. Was oh, okay. Come here. Come here. Come here. Yeah, let's do this. Let's get a highlight under my belt. But you're right. Like, it feels like we haven't talked about the Suns outside, of course, the Sarver thing. Maybe a little bit about the Aiton thing. Tass, I mean, we really haven't talked about them at all. And and maybe in a weird way, it's a sign of respect, like a little bit. They started slow and no one was all that worried. I feel like there wasn't much panic around the squad when they came out of the, the blocks pretty, you know, pretty slow, like I said, but then have turned it around here, which is, you know, a team went to the finals. And I think a lot of people think we'll still compete for uh, a Western Conference title here. Yeah, they're just not a new story yeah. uh, as far as their basketball, great basketball playing goes. We need something new. And I think the Bucks not just this year, but over the last few years, a similar type of deal. You know, good teams have accomplished a lot, um, but, you know, we need something new. They already got to the finals. Not juicy enough for us. So, yeah, ho-hum, they won eight in a row. It, it, it's true that they, they're doing it 
just playing great ball. They've, they've come together. And, yeah, it's nice that they're going deep on their bench and showing that they are still a deep team. And, uh, guys, yeah, like JaVale McGee chipping in. Uh, it was a nice signing. One year, five mil, boom. Uh, he's he's chipping in. It's something that they didn't have last year when Dario Sarge went down, and it it hurt a little bit just relying on Aiton all the time. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they've gotten they've gotten a little bit better, especially if Chris Paul's going to the left hand to nutmeg guys too. That was a nice lefty right well, through his legs. Pierre if, says here in the stream team, it is nutmeg season. Good point. <laughs> I guess it is, right? I, I don't know when it technically starts. Trey, you're yeah. a fan of the nutmeg. <laughs> yeah, the spice or the move? I would say both, spice. if I'm being quite yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when does nutmeg season start? Now. Late October, I think, actually. Uh, <laughs> I yeah, agree. Maybe yeah. you have to say post-Halloween uh, into the Thanksgiving holiday, but, you know, you can eat, you can drink a fall drink in October. Yeah. Yeah. Don't First let anybody tell you you can't. No, no. Uh, pumpkin, pumpkin is so last month, and now it's eggnogs. And Chris Paul nogged those eggs of Garuba right there. <laughs> Drop them. Wow. I think we're into nog season already. Eh? I thought that maybe waits until December. I think we're in an in between time here. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Okay. That's. But hey, look. You know my feelings on on uh, eggnog. Don't drink a whole vat of it. It's sick. Uh, I got a few winners for you guys. Dwayne Casey's a winner of the weekend. Because when it comes to revenge, Dwayne Casey's basically John Wick against the Raptors, man. This guy, Casey's record is 43 and 107. 43 and 107 in Detroit. It's not great. He's had bad teams. But he's now 7 and 3 against his old team, the Toronto Raptors, after picking up the 127 121 win on Saturday night. That is a 70% win percentage against his old team. Uh, for those that don't remember, he was. Coach of the year in 17-18. He won 59 games with the Raptors. Was obviously there for them getting to a lot of playoff series. A lot of times running into LeBron James. But that wasn't enough, you know, winning coach of the year. He still gets axed by the Raps in favor of Nick Nurse. And it worked out. They won a title the uh, season immediately after that. But it's amazing, Tassie. They, they like they seem to play a little bit harder for Dwayne Casey when he takes on the Raps. They even said so in their quotes after the game. But Jeremy Grant was huge in the fourth quarter. 14 of his 24 and they just sort of punked the Raptors' defense, which we like to believe is good. They were missing Van Vliet. They're missing some bigs. But Detroit was season highs in points, assists, and made field goals. Uh, and it's a bad Raptors loss, but I love it for Dwayne Casey. He just, like, he gets these guys to play a little harder, and they take it a little more personal anytime he plays Toronto. I love it. Dwayne. Love talking, Dwayne. I always have mad respect for Dwayne Casey because – when we were going through that rough patch as Raptors fans were year in and year out, they would visit Lebronto in the playoffs and they get bounced out. It just it came to a point, even though Casey won coach of the year, that they needed a change up top, up front. And, uh, you know, I said it on a, a preseason show, I do believe. I forget what year it was, but, you know, he was, he, I guess it was the beginning of 2018. Um, and when was it? Maybe 2017 before he won coach of the year. And I said they had to change. They had to change their coach, even even if they're winning, you know, 55, 58 win games. And then Dwayne Casey came on the starters the next year. Just, <laughs> you know, a, a very solid interview. After the interview is done, takes me aside and says, hey, heard what you said. Heard what you said, that you wanted a, a change at the coaching spot with the Raptors. But I like your show, so I wanted to come on. Doesn't matter. What a guy. What a guy. What a guy. <laughs> what a great guy. guy. I mean, me, he comes up and, and takes me aside. That was, that was pretty cool. He's uh, he, he Obviously, everybody loves him. And I think with Trey, 
uh, always called you by your name, right, Jay? He'd always uh, address you. Yeah, he's he's great at slipping in your name when he's just uh, mm. riffing. You, you got to really love that kind of stuff, Tass. It really yeah. lands like a, a personal <laughs> note, don't you think, Skeets? Absolutely. I'm sure Lee <laughs> agrees as well. <laughs> it's great. It's great. Uh, and so that was a nice win for the for a team that's not going to win a ton of games probably still, but Cade had more clutch buckets, Tass. I know you had brought that up. Um, he did so again. On Saturday, bad game, bad game, but then bad game, but he ball in his hands. That's right. He comes, he's coming through at least early in his career here and uh, in clutch situations. Uh, And interesting from the Raptors side of things, Drogic started that game. There was no Van Vliet, Um, so he gets in there for the first time in I think three weeks, Lee, and he was fine. Uh, You know, maybe he did. Maybe helps his chances of getting traded. He did enough to show I'm still, you know, active. I'm keeping myself in shape and I'm keeping myself ready. So for the Raptors, in that sense, it was like, okay, people might look at Dragic and think he can still help a team. So. Yep. That's a win in that sense. But uh, I just imagined, you know, being like someone like Cade Cunningham in the locker room before that game. And Dwayne's like, we've got to beat these guys. We've got to beat... Why? How, what? I, I don't know. I've got any rivalry at all with this team. Why? <laughs> like, why? Why, why, are we have to, why do we have to get up for this game in particular? Why can't we bring the same energy to any opponent, you know? but uh, uh, A lot of Canadians on the Pistons. Yeah. Maybe that comes into play. Yeah. If, if Kelly Olenek was playing, we could have had our first Ooh, yeah. ever six Canadians out there at one time. But... Uh, mm. He's unfortunately out right now due to injury. Um, that's a great point. But hey, look, he gets those young guys to play hard. Anytime he plays the raps, for sure. Uh, I have one more winner of the weekend. I have to slip them in because they're still at the top of the Eastern Conference. It's the Washington Wizards. They used a 20-0 first half run to beat the Magic 104-92 on Saturday night. Fourth consecutive victory. Again, keeps them in first place. Dinwiddie, Montrose Harrell, Kuzma, all great again. You know, this depth is uh, just still pretty dominant here. They improved to 9-3. and three. First time since 14-15 that they're 9-3. and three. Last year, after 12 games, Lee, they were 3-9. and nine. Mm. So the Zards have turned it around here. And they did this without Bradley Beal, who was away from the team uh, mourning the death of his maternal grandmother, a woman he recently referred to as Mom 2.0. So, you know, obviously sending our best to Beal, though. But they get this done. I know it's the magic, but still amazing. And I saw this crazy stat. They're 8-0 this year. The Wizards are entering the fourth quarter with a lead, which is in today's game is a little a little odd because as we've talked about before, I mean, you can have a 10, 15 point lead in the fourth quarter and it almost doesn't mean anything with how fast like the three ball can get teams back into it or like a three to four minute scoring burst. But when they head in there with the lead, they uh, have not let it go. So the Wizards. A little love. I know the stream team was wondering where the heck's... Uh, mm-hmm. Who's going to bring it up? Is Lee going to bring it up? <laughs> yeah. Is Trey, no, is Taz, well, I slipped in, in there. The yeah. Zards fans are having a great time on Twitter right now because they are playing above expectations. And uh, Kyle Kuzma, I think it was to Dinwiddie, had a three where he handed it off and he started walking down the other end as Dinwiddie before it even shot it and he knocked it in. So they're having fun. It is uh, it is a fun team to watch right now. I'll say that. I, I enjoy seeing Kuz and KCP and those guys who were kind of, you know, like they, they had to make way for Russell Westbrook, and they're sort of going out and showing that they could, the Lakers could probably use those guys right now. So good on the Zards. Yeah. Did you hear Dinwiddie talking about Kuzma's no-look passes? <laughs> look passes. He was like basically saying, like, you're not really throwing a no-look pass. You're throwing a pass, and then you're looking away. <laughs> Which I thought was really funny. You know, it's just the, the locker room's vibing right now, Tass. You know, he's talking about a good locker room. And, like, those funny comments like that, I think, illustrates it helps when you're winning a lot of games. I get that, but... It's a good little bunch over there. I think Unsell Jr.'s got them playing great. It's good to call out those look passes. It happens in the NBA <laughs> it all the time. Happens a lot. Happens a lot. But I've never heard an NBA player 
Call someone out for it. <laughs> just like Kuzma just wants to add that flair to it. So sure. he passes it and then looks away. It's like, that's not a low look pass. I love it. I love it. Yeah, that's very funny. Uh, Tass, you got any little mini winners you want to slip in here? I do. I want to sneak in some mini winners because Delano Banton, second round pick of the Toronto Raptors, played in a back-to-back-to-back-to-back this past week. He played in four games in a row. The young guy played in a back-to-back. And they sent him down to the G League, went and played in Mississauga, took the Gardner up to the 427. He played the next <laughs> night 30 minutes. He had a quadruple double with turnovers almost. And then he came back and he played for the Raptors. So four nights in a row he played because they wanted him to get some ball handling uh, duties. They had always planned for him to play in the G League this year, but he's you know made his mark a lot earlier. So kudos to that guy. Love that guy. Uh, also... I think OKC looks good in their City Edition uniforms. Oh, wow. Uh, yes, yes. I, it looked a little bit odd when we saw the unis, the all-whites, you know, Trey matching with his undershirt, <laughs> his Nick Cage undershirt. But I think when you watch the floor on Friday night, when you looked at it, it's different. It's quite different. <laughs> We're watching it here on YouTube. They're playing a team in purple in the Sacramento Kings, so it definitely looked like the, your TV just, if you're watching the TV, just wasn't working properly. It just looked you had, like you had the wrong chroma. Um, but I think it looks unique and different. So I'm And, and uh, Lou Dort said after the game, I was watching the clips on my phone afterwards. We look good. The <laughs> players are feeling good there in OKC. So they've got to be feeling good. I don't know how, what you guys think about those unis, but they look different than... 29 other teams or 28 other teams i think the nets sort of look similar but uh you guys hate them that's fine i I mean i don't really i don't love the court either definitely with them like it's like nothing (laughs) even on the baseline it felt like there was it looks like your tv's broken yep so if you like that then yes it's a winner yeah I thought it was looked like they were playing either a summer league game or on a just a neutral venue. It was like, oh, they couldn't play in their own home court tonight, so that's to play <laughs> right. a, a court up the road. That, that's all it looked like. But yeah, yeah it, I mean, Dort had the uh, in that game against the Kings. He had the mm-hmm. game-winning steal and layup uh, at the buzzer. There, it was a tie game. Rips it from Fox and goes the other way, lays it in. So no wonder he's feeling it. I guess watching his highlights, like, oh yeah. Game winner for me. I look good. <laughs> uh, and uh, tiny last winner for me. Um, my daughter went and saw the Clifford the Red, Big Red Dog movie on Sunday. And I think if you've seen the, it looks really strange. Clifford yeah. is a huge dog, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not an animated. He's animated, you know, live action other than Cliff. Um, and uh, longtime fans of the show would know that Lee and I, at the end of every year, we lose our trivia contest. We were we were named Clifford the Normal Sized Dog. Uh, I think we were like one in five. Uh, and... Uh, I'm just a winner, though. You know, I have to turn it around, spin it around. We lost so many times, but I think my daughter was affected by us playing as Clifford, the normal-sized dog. So she thought, whoa, there's something here. I want to go see Clifford. I want to go see Big Cliff. So anyways, I got a couple hours off uh, because I think because we were named Clifford, the normal-sized dog okay. for so many years. <laughs> well, what was the fact. movie like? What's that? Did you watch it or no? No, I did not. Oh, I had two hours off. I, hours yeah, off. Yeah, that's why I'm the winner. I got the uh, heck out of it. I can't I believe uh, no, no Cavs love from mm-hmm. you. I'm shocked. It's like Trey with the Bulls. You know, they've become my my second son. So it's like I can't talk about him all the time. But for sure, yeah, watching him Saturday down 19. Oh, yeah. What was that? It's true. It's true. I mean, I guess you could give the Celtics a loser of the weekend. And maybe we will. We'll find out after this break. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful designed objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son, Evan, continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and Cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. Speaking of like gardening tasks, I learned mm-hmm. a fun little fact about you this weekend. Mm. How serious you take your recycling. Oh, and I God. loved it. Your wife told me, and you tell me if this is true, I don't know why she'd be lying to me, <laughs> that she'll have a glass of water. Let's say she drinks half of it, I don't know, puts it down. And then probably like most people is like, well, I'm not going to drink this stale water, so I'm just going to get rid of it and pour myself a new glass. But you say, no, 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 don't throw the water out. Mm-hmm. Just set it aside and I'll use it to, I assume, water plants or use it for something else. Is this true? 100% true, oh, yeah. Look at that. Thinking about getting a rain barrel in my living there room. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go outside. Just pour it in. I yeah. know, you, you, you've dealt with a rain barrel before, right, Skeets? I mean, where were you? I think maybe on the garlic farm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, not on my own house, but yes. <laughs> no, yes. I don't know. I, I don't want to go outside for, for water, but uh, I won't go that far. But anyways, yeah, I... Yeah, and, and I thought you were gonna. I thought she mentioned to you that she was about to throw out this medicine container mm, that was. No. It's fully recyclable. She didn't even think about it. She just opened up the uh, the garbage, and I almost Frank Gorder. I mean, I, I, I just, we know we can recycle stuff. Yep, it's easy. Just look at the bottom. There's a number on it. It's got a little recycling right. symbol there. It's easy. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's anyway, a big I point mean, of contention. I, I mean, not wanting to pour the water yeah, down it's a the nuts. drain. That's that's respect to you. I mean, yeah, well, you just drink that. it. Well, yeah, so, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, you said water but, goes stale. It does. Well, I think not that day. Does. I think the taste can change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it depends. Up, yeah. Jim? Yeah. <laughs> if you leave it out overnight or something like that, then it can feel taste a little bit rough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Anyway, a little side note there. Hey, recycle, everybody. Uh, mm. Even your water <laughs> that you drank half your glass of. Uh, losers of the NBA weekend. Losers. Trey. Uh, no, you know what? Let's start with that. you got. <laughs> Well, the Blazers are six and eight, and it seems a heck of a lot worse than six and eight. Dame is now injured. 
an abdominal injury he's had since 2018 that's kind of flared up on and off again. It happened during the Olympics, if you remember that. Now, he's day-to-day. He could come back very soon. But that could be a reason for why he's had such a slow start. 20 points per game, 38 from the floor, 27% from the field. Career low in free throw attempts. And they got hammered without Damian Lillard on Sunday versus the Nuggets. Um, but it, it gets a far worse than just their 6-8 and eight record and Dame being day-to-day. This blow-up uh, against the, the Nuggets... It sort of uh, was impetus for Chauncey Billups to say, I, I don't know, we got to change some stuff. Uh, starting lineup may change. Robert Covington or Yusuf Nurkic may go out. Those those guys seems to be the, the culprits. And Nasir Little, Cody Zeller, or Larry Nance might go in. Anyways, that aside, the basketball part aside, they've got other stuff going off going on off the court. We know that Neil O'Shea, president of basketball ops, under investigation for creating a hostile work environment. Now, that was supposed to end that investigation this week. But the deadline has been extended. 60 people have been interviewed, and Olshay himself will be interviewed this week. And CEO Chris McGowan, he stepped down amidst this investigation, and he was kind of tight with Damian Lillard. He was close to the CEO, uh, McGowan. So uh, McGowan kind of was Paul Allen's uh, confidant you know, before Paul Allen passed a few years ago. And now he's gone. He was a big part of the team, and it just feels like things are... Know, starting to fall apart brick by brick here and the athletics jason quick who has been covering the team forever his line in one of his articles this weekend was it would appear the trailblazers are crumbling and it just feels like there's a lot more going on especially with damian lillard kind of requesting a trade in the offseason but then solidifying his love for portland and coming back it just it doesn't stop with this team so i think it's just, even though they're not that far off no. you know at six and eight it, it could be something that brings the team closer. They're really, uh, you know, a couple wins away from feeling good about themselves, I think. If Damian Lillard starts to play like Damian Lillard, then they're all right. Uh, but, you know, I want to know more about the team. So I'm I'm going to talk to uh, Jason Quick on Wednesday in a live audio room on the Athletic app. We're going to chat, talk nice. about this Blazers team. And uh, this, is, this is just something that I think is it's you can look at the floor. You can see that they're six and eight. Uh, but I feel like the the stuff off the court has got to be affecting this team. Unlike the Suns, who've come together, you know, despite the Robert Sarver situation, this uh, the stuff going on outside the Blazers is affecting them. I think, and uh, I want to talk to Jason Quick about it a little bit because you know this is this is could be a make or break year here if Dame Lillard just doesn't come back and they don't play well. Maybe that trade request comes back. I, that's well, what about the difference between the Suns and the Blazers to me? I mean, the similarity, of course, is what's going on Yeah, with ownership and, and, and people in higher positions being looked at, investigated uh, for all the shit they probably did. But the difference is the Suns, a bunch of players are not involved in trade rumors. And mm-hmm. I wonder the impact that maybe some of these Blazers guys whose names have been attached to a lot of trade rumors, McCollum, Nurk, Covington, is that having any impact on sort of their, their play this year? Lee, I mean, I, this is just me like throwing darts at a board here. I, I mean, it could, it could not. Some some players can totally like just they don't they don't hear that noise. They focus more. They're professionals. I get it. While others, I think, are when their name is like keep coming up in headlines and you see it all over the place. I think it can have an impact on some of their game. Well, I think we knew that coming into the season, if they did get off to a bad start, then absolutely they would be looking to trade to to change things up. And and Lillard is still 
unlikely to be initiated the trade from Portland, but CJ and Nurk, those are the other guys who provide the most value, I think, for other teams. And the biggest concern for me was yesterday against the, the Nuggets, they weren't even competitive in that game. Now, no Lillard, fine, but uh, you still have to go out there and really give it your best. And it just didn't even seem from the start that the Blazers were in this one. So that's the concern for me is that, yes, whatever's going on behind the scenes, perhaps that locker room as well is kind of a bit divided as well because they didn't seem to have that desperation to be like, you know, let's put all whatever's going on behind the scenes behind us and just go out there and play and compete. And uh, I just didn't think they did that yesterday. So, yeah, this is a, a crazy situation because you wonder even right now who is calling the shots in terms of if there was a trade to be made, is that mm-hmm. still Neil O'Shea's job to do that? I, I would think right now, no. Right. But I'm not sure if Jody Allen, perhaps she has the final say on things like that. But yeah, the, things um, things are looking pretty bad there in Portland. Not a very good team at right now on the court. Internal chaos. And then one of the most senior people within the organization who's been there for 10 years, uh, McGowan, has walked out and kind of saying, you know, yeah, things are a bit of a mess there. By the sounds of that article from Jason Quick, he was looking for more power and more control. And Jody Allen... Uh, declined that. That's what, that's the way I interpreted it. So he decided to move on. And uh, when you lose someone who's been in the organization for that long, um, that can really uh, destable a franchise even further. So uh, interesting few weeks here coming up for the Blazers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are still six and eight. I mean, mm. you slip that in there, Tass. It, it feels like they're three and nine. But uh, yeah, it's it's they're basically 500, and this is without Dame right now. But it's not great, and uh, both on and off the court, it's not good. And the defense still sucks. It's 23rd, I think, defensive rating right now. A little bit better than last year, of course, but uh, not nearly good enough. We kept talking about Trey how it had to be it had to be around average, has to be a decent enough uh, defense. But I thought Nurk just looked completely checked out yesterday too, and he's like. You know, one of the one of their better defenders. I know there's Larry Nance, Covington tricked us all, but it's bad defensively. Well, that's the thing, Skeets, is that it's the exact same team and they're expecting different results. I saw Saturday Slam and Jam call them the Portland Stale Blazers, which A, is a savage burn, and B, is completely right. It's like they're bringing right. out these same players and expecting different results just from bringing in a different coach. Meanwhile, I think Jason Quick reported that it's already the fourth time this season that Chauncey Billups has called out the Blazers for poor effort. They're 14 games in. That doesn't make any sense, especially once you're playing against a team like the Nuggets, who are also missing three starters, who eliminated you from the playoffs last year. That's just a bad, bad loss. I know there's no Dame, but it's kind of inexplicable to go out there and give that kind of a stinker of an effort when you're a team that's been struggling early on this season. Remember Nurkic at the end of last year, he was like, well, I've got an unguaranteed contract, so who knows if I'll be back. That's not exactly how his contract worked, but you could tell that he was frustrated with the way things ended against the Nuggets last season. Nothing changed except for drama over the offseason. So, I don't know. They just don't look on the same page, and they don't look like they're giving a full effort despite bringing in Chauncey. All right, Trey, who do you have for uh, a loser of the weekend? Where are you going? Hawks got their biggest win of the season, I would say, yesterday on Sunday. Snapped a six-game losing streak by beating the Bucks, but unfortunately, they also took one of their worst losses of the season as Shams reported that forward DeAndre Hunter is going to need right wrist surgery today on Monday for a tendon injury. He's going to miss approximately eight weeks. Bummer. Third surgery in nine months for DeAndre Hunter. Had two on his knee. Now this for his wrist injury, which is just halting his development. Like he had a great start uh, to the 2021 season, went down with the knee injury, happened again in the playoffs, coming back this year. 
hasn't looked great, hasn't looked quite as explosive on defense, and just hasn't had a chance to find his rhythm. Now he's going out for two months. Also a huge blow for the Hawks because they've taken a step back themselves on defense. They're 28th right now. Clint Capella doesn't look right. Anyaka Okongwu still out until probably January. And now they're losing their best wing stopper. So I don't know. It's just uh, not an ideal start to the season for the Hawks. It feels like they have no momentum after going to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. It feels like deja vu the way that the season has started, especially with Hunter going out now and they're having to deal with these injuries. I guess the silver lining, they've got a choice of replacements here. You know, Kevin Herter stepped into the starting lineup on Sunday against the Bucks. He really grew into that role last year, became a little bit of a defensive stopper himself tertiary playmaker so you would hope that that helps him this season maybe some more minutes for cam reddish maybe some more minutes for danilo gallinari though they haven't been great to start the year but Mm -hmm. i don't know it feels like we've just rewound 12 months for the atlanta hawks despite the fact that we saw them have such an incredible playoff run this is the the worst kind of news you could have after having such a big win on sunday yeah yeah luckily for the hawks trey young caught fire uh, hit eight threes and what do you finish with? Forty-two, 42 points, ten, yeah. assists, ten assists, eight boards. <laughs> crazy, yeah. crazy line. MVP uh, sort of reg- MVP type numbers. <laughs> you're right, Lee. I regret it not going down to the fortress yesterday <laughs> for that one for that type of show from Trey Young. But I'm with TK. This sucks for Hunter. Anything to add to that? Well, yeah, just that uh, it's so frustrating that a guy who's clearly got potential at both ends of the floor uh, is out again for a significant period of time. So, you know, the two months of the injury and then it'll take him a few games at least to sort of get his way back into the team, back into the starting lineup. I think they need him. I think he was good against the Hawks in the playoffs last season. But it's just uh, you hope a guy this early into his career isn't just injury prone, but these injuries all sound nasty. So uh, it's, a, it's a real bummer for him. But uh, I guess, yeah, the good news for the Hawks, they desperately need needed a win yesterday and got a very convincing one against a uh, pretty ordinary Milwaukee team. Yeah, I saw Jeff Stotts from uh, the great Twitter account in Street Clothes who breaks down all like the injuries and has like an amazing like database like tracking all of this. He said uh, Hunter's in- injury is relatively uncommon, but several players have gone in-season wrist surgery for these tendon-related issues and they've missed on average about 26 games. James Jones, Shumpert, Richard Lewis, uh, he listed. So, yeah, Hunter should be back. That's good, but not not great uh, for him to miss a significant amount of time again, Tass, uh, for, for the Hawks, of course, as they try and turn this around. Yeah, but as Trey said, hopefully it is a rewind of last year where DeAndre yep. Hunter misses a huge chunk of time and they somehow find their way. And, uh, yeah, Trey Young has been... Not himself to start this year uh, has sort of taken the attitude that uh, the regular season is boring, as as our Trey has mentioned. But didn't it look like the Hawks going into the postseason last night? I mean, yeah. that, that looked so great. And maybe it took, you know, the team that bounced them in the playoffs last year to, to wake them up a little bit. Uh, and they are so, so deep on so, so deaf night. <laughs> at State Farm Arena. It was so, so deaf. Jermaine Dupree was on the mic. Mm. They had some other guys uh, rocking the mic there. So that was uh, it was good for me. An old man like me, I uh, I love the So, So Deaf remix. Had to go down. Leo, who do you have for Loser of the Weekend? Well, I'm just going to go a little further on the Milwaukee Bucks, who are also 6-8 and eight, like the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, two losses this weekend. Now, Giannis didn't play Friday night's overtime loss to the Celtics. Okay, you know, you can afford to, uh, you know, say our best player wasn't playing. But then last night he was playing. He was back. And uh, the Hawks won comfortably 20 points in the end. So Milwaukee right now, again, I'm not overly concerned because this team is a, a much better team than their record shows right now. But... 
defensively, they are 20th uh, on NBA.com stats as far as defensive rating. So it just shows that they aren't quite locked in. Now, again, they're still without Middleton. Brooke Lopez is still not playing as well. So they do they certainly don't have their best lineup with them. And the Lopez injury, that threatens to be really uh, significant, I think. There doesn't seem to be any real update as to when he's coming back. And I think you really miss him in the paint there because he's just such a gigantic mm-hmm. presence. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and, and that was a thing. Like yesterday, the Hawks got into the paint quite a lot. And without Lopez's presence there, it really affects Milwaukee. So Drew Holiday played, by the way, uh, both games. Uh, but Dennis Schroeder lit up the uh, the Bucks on Friday night with 38 points, getting MVP chance from the crowd. Uh, and then you mentioned... You know, you mentioned the Trey Young here going for 42 yesterday. Now, it's not all Drew's fault, but he's a great defender and he's been playing. And, you know, his man has kind of been doing a bit of the damage there. So uh, the Bucks will be okay, but certainly I don't think they expect it to be 6-8 and eight right now. And uh, not just not playing well, not looking great either. But when you have Giannis playing, there's no excuse really to be uh, so outclassed by a team like the Hawks that have been playing badly themselves. I have two losers of the weekend. First one, the NBA for fining Fred Van Vliet. We knew it was coming. He, uh, he did the Sam Cassell big balls dance uh, against the Sixers late last week, but he got fined there, I think, on Friday uh, after our show. 15000 uh, in the end, Lee. It wasn't thirty k It was 15K <laughs> for his uh, <laughs> carrying of his nutsack back to the bench. <laughs> you know, they call it an obscene gesture. I think this is ridiculous. Like, I, I get it. I, I, I mean, it's so silly and fun. And Sam Cassell's there. He's on the 76ers staff with me. We talked about it. It's iconic, the celebration. Uh, but if you do it, the league has said you're getting fine. And it usually is to ask 15 to 30K. I think people have, like gone back and crunched the numbers that's what you're getting for the obscene <laughs> gesture but anyway is it, if, it, if it had a different name if it was like i'm carrying my team you know or i'm you know <laughs> well right <laughs> Can you see michael, michael oh, Grange had a was very about, he, yeah. van vliet was just like trying to tell everyone like get your snow tires on and yeah. he was carrying like a very heavy tire between his uh between his legs back to the bench but you're but you're right the name of it has something to do with the obscene yeah, part of totally it, because uh, people are like, well, he's carrying uh, groceries. Uh. He's just shining up his bowling balls. That's right. That's exactly PJ's right. right, though. This is uh, this is bad to see during nutmeg season. Oh, mm. yeah. I mean, this Tragedy. is the window you should allow this. Right? <laughs> yeah, what what months are you allowed to act like you're carrying a large nut sack back to the bench? Yeah. <laughs> I would say from October till the holidays. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Of till course. The New Year. Yeah. Uh, OK, so that's one. That's a, a very... Uh, mini loser of the weekend the other one lee i know focused at you specifically but i have to say almost all of you here and a lot of you in the stream team and a lot of you listening a loser of the weekend to anyone who actually thought magic johnson was writing his own tweets because according to actor rob lowe (laughs) a close friend of magic's Mm -hmm. the tweets that have made the lakers great a viral sensation anytime lee has tweeted the night it's usually to magic because he's always stating the obvious they are done by an assistant who turns what Magic says out loud into a tweet. Uh, and this is great. I have to read this. This is low on part of my take, the podcast. He said, quote, Last night, I found out Magic Johnson does not physically do any of the tweets, which may explain some of it. So it's articulated clearly across the room while he's doing 17 other things, a titan of the industry. And then there is a woman whose job it is to figure out what he's talking about and make it into a tweet. 
And uh, this is fun because if you've been a listener of our show or watching us for a while, we've we've had debates where we were like, is that him? There's no way that's him. I was adamant. There's no way he's actually tweeting this shit. There's never a typo. It's full names on everybody. And now it all makes a little bit more sense. He thinks of it. He says it. And then this, this, this woman relays it to the world, I guess, through Twitter. I, I don't know what to make of this because then he's, he's still saying like, Oh, Anthony Davis had 35 points and 16 rebounds as the Lakers bounce back for a comfortable victory against the San Antonio Spurs. I I think he says, I'd like to tweet something about AD had a great game. And the woman's like, ah, God, okay, let me check the box score. And then just like gives us the facts, like an AD report. Well, anyway, whoever this woman is, she's done an incredible job because (laughs) she's figured out how to make the perfect tweets. Like just because they're so obvious and they're so basically just reading out a box score that they've become awesome. So uh, she's done a great job. She's made Magic a star because he never does reply or respond to anybody. And that that, that was one thing I was, I was like, I wonder if it is him. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I still like to believe that it's Magic. It's so much better when you just think that that is Magic there in the, you know, in the box. And he's just like, wow, that was awesome. You know, like, and then he just rattles off all those names. There's no way that he's not writing those tweets when he has his 19 MVP candidates. That's got to be Magic Johnson. No. I'm convinced. No. no. I mean, he's, no, it's not him man it's like well it sort of is but it's not really him and i love it like his last three tweets i went and checked they were all about um msu so football and basketball and this makes sense like he's probably watching the game or he's at least seen the score of his michigan state team and then he's like hey tweet something about how great they're doing and then this woman has to tweet at msu underscore basketball had an impressive <laughs> victory against western michigan 90 to 46 led by gabe brown 17 points and joey hauser's 12.12 joey hauser uh, oh my god anyway i'm glad we got to the bottom of this there were some like uh there were some like rumors about this i remember during the summer i think uh espn um I think her name is like Christine Williamson. I, I think I have that right. She was like sort of, uh, you know, basically alluding to the fact that it's it's not him. It's, it's she knew who it was apparently. <laughs> so yeah, it's not Probably. him. Really. You, so Rob Lowe is good friends of Magic Johnson. Is that yep. what we said? Yep. Oh, yep. Oh. Yeah. That's a, that's a mind boggler because. Palenka looks like yeah. Lowe, yeah. yeah. Do you so think Magic Johnson even knows it's Rob Lowe? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> thinks it's Palenka, yeah. yeah. He's mad. So he's go. mad that Palenka's getting all the shine. <laughs> so he needed to come on to a bro- and he's he's the, he's the guy who wears the NBA logo hat or the NFL logo hat. NFL. Yeah. Uh, well, he should wear an NBA logo hat too. He loves cool. he loves all the teams. He uh, loves so, sports. So there it is. At least we. Uh, I mean, will this take him out of the running, Lee, or will this make him more likely to win? Nah, nah, nah. This this unnamed woman, uh, yeah. He hasn't won it so far this season. He'll he'll get in there at some point. He just has to. He has to. Okay, okay. Uh, Well, let's hear from everybody else. Winners and losers of the NBA weekend. Let us know in the stream team. Let us know in the YouTube comments and tweet at us at no dunk sink hey magic johnson's woman that tweets for him if you're listening uh please tweet your nba weekend winners and losers come monday mornings uh whether magic chimes in or not just just let us know so we have more content sorry let me jump in here for a sec um i I, i've also was duped uh by james harden earlier this year because if if you you know it's not it's not quite the level of magic johnson dupe but coming into the season james harden said we're going to be great. We're going to be scary good. We're healthy this year. He told that to TMZ or something. You know, Mike goes in his face. We're going to be scary good this year. And then, 
you know, he had a great night the other night against the Pels, 39.9. He was interviewed after he said, you know, we got off to a slow start this season. He said my body and conditioning weren't ready to score 30 and 40 points. He lied to us. He just straight up lied to us. He, 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 was he, was he re- not ready then? Was he just not playing well then? Anyways, he's, they're playing better. They're going to be amazing. They're going to be great at the, at the end of the year. But um, I thought they were going to run, run the board 82-0 and 0 when he said in a mic- into a microphone, we're going to be scary good. It's going to be scary for the league that we're going to be good. So I got duped too. Um, not quite magic duped. Not quite Rob Lowe, Zach Lowe duped. Although, uh, let me mention about Zach Lowe. Um, he likes to have one beer he likes to have that was my segue he likes to have one beer just one I had two on Saturday I one-upped Rob Lowe and Zach Lowe and uh, I had a great time so I'm a winner I'm a winner Zach you should try a second one just two just two you'll have a good time second turns into a third third turns into a fourth suddenly we got drunk Zach Lowe on the podcast which would be (laughs) gold uh, all right, again, let's hear from you guys with your winners and losers of the NBA weekend. We've got to take one more break, but we have a tweet of the night and pick them results, so don't go anywhere. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Okay, JD, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mmm, Tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. I mean, I, I, I can't believe I'm doing this, but I actually have, like, just a straight-up, like, NBA take or an opinion for Tweet of the Night. Because I think it's interesting. It's from at J. Caspian Kang. Great follow on Twitter. Uh, got a new book out. I'm go check that out. Go follow him on Twitter. Um, it's about Steph Curry. Quote, Kind of feels like Steph ending his career as top five all-time is now on the table. Question mark there. Would require another MVP and another title. And then I'm not really sure how he's not after MJ, LeBron, Kareem, and Russell. It's just one of those tweets, Trey, that had me thinking. Like going like, man, okay, let's play this out. Steph wins another title this year. Wins another MVP. Where does this guy start ranking? on the all-time list. And I know that's a that's a big question to throw at you here on a Monday, but it is fun because I saw somebody reply to Jay, um, and it was Jay David Walker. He said, it's funny how KD and Curry may fight for this privilege for the rest of the twilight of their primes here, which I also thought was a fascinating sort of retort. It's like, yeah, 
you know, are they battling for MVPs and titles to like try and sort of like jump ahead of each other in whatever pecking order? And I know people are going to say, what top five? No way. He's not the greatest point guard of all time. You're not putting him ahead of magic. So, you know, people are going to say that, but he's there. And if he wins a couple, a couple more titles, and an MVP, then my God, I don't know how the case can't be made. I don't know what you have a thought, Trey. Well, I'm with Ignatius on this one. We need Magic Johnson's opinion. Ah. His top 5 to 10 to 20 to 25 to 75 <laughs> favorite top 10 players. Uh, but look, man, he's got two MVPs. There's not a lot of MV- NBA players who have two MVPs to start with. He's got three titles already. Four would be awesome, especially if he adds another MVP. Yeah, accomplishments-wise, he's going to be right there, though obviously Magic Johnson is... <laughs> it, yeah. Despite being a great tweeter, he's got incredible basketball accomplishments as well. Um, I don't know. He just passed Ray Allen for most threes of all time. So officially the best shooter of all time, even by the numbers. Of course, Curry's going to have um, a great case for it. And it's kind of interesting to think about the old KD versus Curry comparison because Steph is going to get so much more credit for the 2015 title than Durant is going to get for any of his titles with the Warriors. And likely if he were to win a title with the Nets, I think that Curry's Golden State one people will count more, uh, uh, give him more credit for, um, for sure. So I don't know. It seems to me that Curry would have a step ahead of KD in the all-time rankings right now, but I don't know. KD, he could add up his titles and stuff well, too. So we'll yeah, see. and I think we'll that's see. what they're saying. Yeah. Like these these titles and MVPs are still to be decided, Lee, and that could shift where you put a particular player. I think that's fair. Yeah, I, I it's like hold on, it's like LeBron's LeBron's legacy is basically cemented. Really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so some people, if he were to win another title or two, or, like he's probably not going to win MVPs at this point of his career. Wins another title or two, okay, that's that's interesting. It's him or MJ. People are going to mm-hmm. have as, as one or two for the most part. But it's like this is still in play with with these two guys, Katie and, and Curry, I think. Yeah, I've definitely got Steph somewhere in that top group uh, based on where he's going because I think he has got something else still to win, whether that's an MVP or another championship because he's still playing incredible basketball. And I definitely think, though, that Kevin Durant needs a, a championship on top of what he's already got. Now, he's got the two finals MVPs. Yeah. But because they came from joining the Warriors, yeah. I just feel they just don't have that same clout that other championships have. There's no question how good Kevin Durant is, but he's been to the finals four times, has two championships, has two finals MVPs, but neither of them like automatically jump off the page at you and say that was the Kevin Durant championship because he was on such a powerful team. So um, that that's... Kevin Durant's an incredible player. He probably is going to be top eight of all time, no matter what he does from here on out. But uh, it would certainly help and strengthen his case if he was to have a non, non-Warriors championship. Tass, anything to add? Well, it is interesting. The KD went to Golden State thinking that what would come along with it is, is a lot more credibility, a lot more weight for his resume, and it didn't happen, and that's why he left, even though he won two titles. His two finals MVPs are looked at as... Yeah, but, you know, you did it after joining a champion. So that part made him leave. And at the same time, the same thing happened for Steph Curry. Two more championships for Steph. Uh, but because KD was there, Steph doesn't really get, you know, the the full credit of those championships. Yeah, 15 is looked at as way more of a higher accomplishment. So it's just interesting how that all shook out. Uh, no one's happy in that instance. But now... 
Yeah, it feels like there's a potential for this collision course that Kevin Durant could be on his way to a, another finals, could be up against Steph Curry. And yeah, of course, that is uh, so juicy. Uh, the thing about Steph and, and trying to slot him into one, whether or not he's one of the best point guards or or where he ranks in the all-time list, there's, there's two parts of it. First, um, we just need to make a, a decision, an opinion on a guy midway through his career because we're seeing it happen when we should obviously just chill out and watch this guy in his mid-30s but we've already decided ah, he's not as good as magic nah no uh, but obviously he ain't done and so uh, that's one part of it the other part is like his stature he's just not the traditional player he's not as big as a lot of these other players so he, i think physically he just doesn't look like a typical great uh player when compared to everybody else but um, in this era, obviously, he's he's one of the top dudes. So why can't he be the best point guard ever? He hasn't been uh, given that. Even 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 uh, people just won't even allow him to be in the conversation for the best point guard ever. I, I think that everybody has to have him in the second tier behind your Magics uh, and, and those type of guys. When yeah, he could be the best point guard ever. I don't see why not. But we're already just sort of done. Uh, you know, we've already given him his spot, and uh, I think that's dumb. I think we're, you know we we could see his best season this year uh, or or an MVP type season this year. So God, yeah, if, if, and especially if 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 huge if you know if if the Warriors are able to overcome everybody in the West and we see KD in the finals too. God. Oh wow, yeah, I was gonna say that would make this very juicy if we get Warriors and Curry versus the the Nets and uh, KD in the finals. Hell yeah. Sign me up for that. I saw at uh, Top Shot Yoda tweet too. The Warriors feel like they're going to be this decade's Spurs where they win three titles in five years, and then another when people think they're done a few years <laughs> later. Definitely in play with the way they've started this season. Get Clay back, and yeah, they're going to be one of the favorites coming out of the West. No doubt. So there you go. Steve Kerr called uh, Steph Curry their Tim Duncan a long time ago. So it would completely That's fit right. right there. But, uh, I mean, it's crazy to think. Like, what if Giannis gets another title and another MVP? Yeah. Somebody's going to have to get kicked out of this top five pretty soon. Who's it going to be? <laughs> Who are you kicking out? Who are you going to... Absolutely nobody, because that's the thing. As we saw with the top 75 list, it's actually a top 76 and nobody is removed. So the top five, <laughs> by the time that Curry and Giannis and KD retire, our top five is going to be a top 20. Well, yeah, right. I mean, and like, of course, people in the stream team obviously freaking out. Like, where's Duncan in the mix, Lee? You know, where's Akeem? Where's, Matt, of, where's Kobe, of course? Where's yeah. Shaq? Where's Bird? You know, yeah. magic we have in the mix right now. But uh, yeah, it's a great point, Trey. It's going to be, it gets more and more difficult to like bump some of these people out of the top 10 because they're like, they're top 10 players of all time. You're just like, they are. Like Bird and Magic, you, like, yeah. you know, they, they just <laughs> are because it feels like there's no league without them for crying out loud. Uh, but maybe at the end of it all, some of these guys that we've mentioned will have. Uh, you know, just as many titles and just as much accolades and stuff like that. It's pretty wild. So anyway, great tweet there from uh, at J Caspian Kang. That happened. Uh, I think that happened on the Friday night when, when Curry was putting on a show against the Bulls, uh, uh, no doubt, pointing, pointing at people in the stands before the shots even dropped. And you said, I saw this and I was so confused. Curry has not yet overtaken Ray Allen for the all-time three-pointers made yet. I thought he has. Well, he has total total threes combined regular season and playoffs with the playoffs okay yeah. a classic okay yeah. good. okay I, I, that's, I, that's what the, the I saw that graphic too and then I was like what and then you know I'm obviously looking at basketball reference like I only see the regular season like okay he's still like 100 or so behind that makes sense okay playoffs there you go well he's soon gonna have the uh, regular season uh, 
3,000 made three-pointers, won't he, Lee? Because he's like right, right there. 74 behind regular season then. Ray Allen? Wow. And wasn't Ray like right by 3,000? Yeah, 2,973 for Ray. Right. Okay. Yeah. So he needs like 100 more and he's at 3,000 regular season. 101 more, yeah. Glad we clarified that. I was confused by that. I heard Trey say it in second. Like you said it and then I saw that graph. I was like, what's going on here? Ah, the old playoffs. Do they count? Yeah, they count. Oh, that thing. They never usually count those. Yeah. So, weird. Weird. All right, pick them results from Friday night. It was the Bulls-Warriors game. Warriors were favored by five and a half. Trey Kirby had a lot of us believing in those Chicago Bulls. And they lost. Warriors covered, so Tass got it right. Seven and three, Tass. Lee six and four. I'm five and five. Trey's four and six. We got 11 games on tonight. Where are we going? Let's go back to the Chicago Bulls well. Oh, boy. They visit the Lakers back-to-back. They beat the Clippers last night, snapping a seven-game winning streak for the Clippers. Don't have to travel. Playing the Lakers, who are favored by one and a half points. Tough one, and that's why I think we are uh, Splitsville on this one. Hmm. Skeets and Lee take the Lakers. Did you say, oh, myself. I thought the Bulls were favored there in that one. but uh, No, hmm. Lakers by one and a half. Yeah, well, I mean, the, I guess they're both in a back-to-back situation. Yeah. But this is Bulls three and four, right? Yeah, yes. it's their third yes. game in yes. four nights. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Wow. But they're still going to do it, Trey. Well, I mean, I told you there's no chance I'll ever pick against the Bulls. Honestly, I, w- I wish this line was a little bit bigger here. I've got some worries about Anthony Davis. Uh, the Bulls mm. missed Vucevic big time against the Warriors. Not so much against the Clippers, though he certainly would have helped. They are getting Kobe White back tonight. Going to be able to be available for his first time this season. And the L.A. contingent for the Bulls has been straight up balling so far this season. DeRozan was obviously awesome against the Clippers last night. Lonzo's been good. Caruso's been good. So I'm hoping a little home cooking works for those guys. Yeah, and at least they're not like the actual travel involved here. You know, they're in L.A. Isn't that the problem, Skeets? (laughs) Well, the L.A. nightlife undefeated. That's what they say. Yeah, I can't wait. I mean, I heard AD talking up his uh, battle here with Caruso. <laughs> so, uh, uh, I'm excited for this one. I'll say if Caruso's guarding AD, then uh, <laughs> uh, might be switching the old pick ski there. But uh, I don't know. It's good to see Caruso get the start as a power forward at about six foot five. Pretty weird <laughs> <Yeah>. stuff. <laughs> yeah. So we need you need a big Tony Bradley performance trying to contain Anthony Davis here tonight we'll see we'll see what happens my man tony bradley is making vooch look athletic out there sometimes i don't know if this guy can get off the floor once he catches the ball but but if they get two wins on this five game west coasty i'll be happy yeah for sure um lots of games on like i said 11 in total that's the last game of the night 10 30 start for all you East Coasters and some of you international freaks out there. So uh, hopefully you stay up late or catch it in the morning. What else? Anything else got your eye, Tass? I mean, there's some duds, I'll say, in the mix. But <laughs> Celtics-Cavs <laughs> running it back. I mean, the Cavs coming back huge. That'd be a bad loss for the Celtics if they lose. You know, What the, did you the, guys the, uh, make of Evan Mobley's block on uh, Tatum there the other Ooh. night that was overturned? Wow. Huge yeah. call, I think. Yeah, I just I thought they weren't going to overturn it because uh, it was basically on the rim, but in his hand still. Uh, and you know, you need you need to have the overwhelming evidence to overturn. It. I didn't think they had that, but big call from uh, Bickerstaff. He went for the challenge. They got it, and huge change of game uh, of the momentum of the, that game. That's right, uh, JD. Throw those shirts back up because the Pacers are playing tonight. <laughs> Madison Square Garden. Go get yourself a Pacers no dunk shirt. Yeah, why not? 
NoDunks.com. We also have the NoDunks Classic Factory. These are two new designs that we just launched in time for the holiday season. So if you're not buying yourself uh, an American Giant hoodie, then go grab yourself a <laughs> No Dunks hoodie or T-shirt or shorts or mugs over at NoDunks.com. Shout out to the stream team once again. Thank you so much for joining us here on a Monday morning. Email us in your questions. No dunks at theathletic.com. NBA questions, non-NBA questions, send them in. We'll start sprinkling them in throughout the shows all week long. Hit us up on Twitter at No Dunks Inc. Drop a comment below the vid here. Make sure you like, subscribe, and share the show with your friends. And grab yourself an athletic subscription if you haven't done that. That's a good Christmas gift right there. An athletic subscription? Ooh, go to theathletic.com slash no dunks so they know that we sent you. All right, we'll be back tomorrow talking about all 11 of these games except for the Pacers game. <laughs> Clipper bros. <laughs> you heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, like, subscribe, and click that bell. Ding. Brace the day, people. You could stay. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.